everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. We are your morning show for any hour. I'm here with my buddy Vic Mattis, as always, of the Free Beacon. We're coming off Vic Fest. We're feeling good. Have you? Well, have you recovered? Yes, I, I was. I think I was fairly well tempered. Yeah, you were. I mean, you're always well. That's the word. I'm well tempered. Temper. Temperamental. I mean, you're always in temperamental. It's, you're always in good spirits when you're in the spirits. In the That's spirits, not really yes, no. an issue. And I, but but I balanced it out. You know, I was looking very long term. Mm-hmm. What am I drinking? What am I not drinking? And being very mindful of like not mixing too many crazy right. spirits. Right. I think I started the evening with two martinis, but of course, palm martinis are giant. Yes. So they're not like madmen size. They are generous. So generous it's martinis between three and four, but it's really two. Officially, you're paying for two. And then had, I think I only had one glass of red wine to get me through. And then after that, went with the Vic special, which is the Bailey's on the rocks with a shot of Jameson's. <laughs> the man the man who says he's being careful about what he drinks and he just adds a bunch of dairy at the end. And like, then, you know what I want? Then, I want? To, I want to drink with dairy. And here's the, here's, the, here's the problem with it. Because he's like, you know, it's like at the end of the night, oh, I'll have a glass of milk. You know, like, know. Enough, it's like, like I'm going to have a little milk and cookies, but for <laughs> grownups, but <laughs> Jennifer's wincing. The question, the, the, the problem is once you go there, you don't want to turn back. No, no, no. And then add more spirit. So what happened was we, some of us stragglers uh-huh. went around the corner to St. Arnold's, which is open again. It's a little basement bar. It's lovely on Thomas Jefferson Street. And I had a beer. Oh, there you go. Okay. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. And I, was still, I was not like, you know. Look, I, I, I think that's a pretty, worse, I think that's a pretty I, good. Yeah, night. no, I, I yeah. think so. It's finally over. I am going <laughs> up to Jersey on Saturday for another birthday party, but that is a belated birthday party for my dad, who, okay. you know, again, right. he is, he, he, he turned 85 and has had zero, I think one birthday party, like a dinner at my sister's. Well, you got to so, get Vic really, Fest out of the way first before you can go honor your 85-year-old yeah, father. Right. Pr- priorities, really, for me. <laughs> Are we all done now? After eight days, we're done. This is really about him. And I'm not getting in. I'm not going to be like, and me. Right. Raise a glass. Mary Catherine, happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. To you. Are you a Valentine? Are you a big Valentine's person? Meaning, does Steve have to do a lot for you today? No, I'm not very, I'm not, I'm not very particular about Valentine's Day. By the way, happy Valentine's Day to all of you guys. I hope you had, I hope you had a good one Mm -hmm. and got all the things that you want and deserve. I got one of the best Valentine's presents you can get, which is at one o'clock in the morning, Steve was like, I'm taking this baby downstairs and I got five hours of sleep. That's love. Yes. That Um, is love. So much appreciated. There were also flowers. So we're doing great today. I don't do flowers. Like, (laughs) I don't buy them. You just don't? Uh, No, I don't. I, I, you know, I mean. They lay last for I don't know how long. Chocolates, on the other hand, consumable, and I did get chocolates. <laughs> I like. Uh, I mean, I like both. Yeah, yeah I guess in I'm a not perfect mad world, about I mean, it's not them. too late. I can pick up some flowers on the way. There's I like. I would say I would. I I prefer flowers over chocolate. I just really? think they're very pretty and nice, and they add they add to my quality of life. You cannot eat the flowers, <laughs> not these. Although I do hate. The part where I know in the back of my head the markup on the flowers at Valentine's Day, oh, you yeah. know, well, that's which, right. you know, capitalism, I get it. I'm not mad at that part. Big day for the floor. I'm just a cheapskate. So. It is the big day for the floor. The day after Valentine's Day, which is when you will hear this, is when you should go buy yourself flowers. Flowers Ooh. and the chocolates. Mm-hmm. So I had to drop my son off at a bowling party out in Sterling, Virginia. Your son goes to an inordinate number of bowling parties. I yeah, think I know. This, this is at least the, the second thing. one I've heard of. I might have been the same one I'm repeating myself. But he's I went actually there. a bowler. Yeah, that's, that's what he's working no, on. He's not very good. But he's like me, really. But probably better. But it was out in Sterling, which is way out there. Okay, everyone's laughing. It's not way out there for the people <laughs> who live in Sterling. You know, I get it. Okay. It feels like it. But when you're in the Beltway, it feels like it's way out there. So go out to Sterling. And I figured while I'm there, I'll look for a place where I can pick up some chocolates. So I had typed into Google Sterling chocolates, and a place pops up called The Conch, like a conch shell. Okay. And it is a chocolatier, like they, they make chocolates there. So I said, I'll check it out because it's nearby Bowl America. And I, I, I go, it's an industrial park. Already I'm looking around like this has got to be a mistake. Right. And then they have graphic design companies doing all sorts of things. I find the chocolate place. It's technically open. I open it. It's a whole other world inside. It was like Willy Wonka. Oh, it's so fun. There were people working around a big table. You can have birthday parties where you can like build your own cake. So they were doing that. And I walked in and I picked up some. They make them in-house. 
Nice. It was really nice. Oh, I do like that. Okay. Well, the Kong. You get credit for the, the, the fancy special yes. chocolate. Yes. So we're going to get into a lot of stuff today. We're going to mm. do the big game. Yes. Recap. We're going to do some oversight with Rochelle Walensky. Rochelle, Rochelle, Rochelle. But before we get, oh, and UFOs, of course. But before we get into that, I did some entertaining over the weekend. Oh, do tell. We had a party for 12, six to nine-year-olds at my house. That's a lot. Yes. Uh, Plus the baby and the toddler were there. I had been telling the children, my older two girls, for a long time that, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, no, we're going to do play dates. We're definitely going to have your friends over for sure, for sure. But I'm, as you guys know, not on my game when I'm pregnant. I'm very tired. I'm kind of lame. I think you get a pass. But I'm just saying, like, postpartum, I'm better. I'm better at putting stuff together. I have more energy, which is ironic because I'm not sleeping very much. But I I can do things. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, here's the deal. We're going to do a Valentine's Day-themed little party. And we ended up with a a bunch of girls there. And a friend of mine, Priscilla, who's fantastic, ended up supplying me with a, out of the out of the kindness of her heart as a, she's like a, a very good kid party yeah. planner. There's certain like types who are good at this. So she, she advises me and she supplies me with some stuff. Like a, I had a balloon garland and we had some vases for the kids to do little arranging, do a little, a little flower arrangement they can take home to their mamas, which I love because that means their mamas aren't getting a plastic bag full of nonsense that was like made in China and shipped here and then they're going to get it to their house and be like why do I have all this nonsense yes. at my house instead they had like a couple carnations and a rose in a vase it was very sweet like the the candy bracelet made in China <laughs> yes but yeah. so i'm a little bit of a nervous hostess i'm not it's not my cuz their kids are just in general just in general oh. i don't know why i i'm an extrovert so i really like people but i'm not so great at knowing like Am I doing all the right things as a host? Well, I think it's connected to your fear of placing orders on the phone. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe yeah. so. So I had a, I had this advice from my from my friend who's great. And then all the girls come over. So I'm like, everything's going to go great. Except then we get our first wrench in, in everything, which is that Steve is Steve's down with food poisoning. No. He had a gas station hot dog. So he's upstairs resting. A gas station Hi, which do you, are you able? Are you at liberty to say which gas station? It was? I believe it was a Sheets. Sorry, Sheets. Do you know what? This is funny. The same thing happened to another friend. My brother-in-law said, "Beware of Sheets." Okay, well now wow. you know. Now you know. All right. So he's upstairs, sequestered, uh-huh. and I have. I thought I was going to be able to give him the little kids, but I can't give him the little kids because we just in case it's a virus or something, we don't want to mm-hmm. cross you know, cross wires. So they're downstairs with me, and he's you know laid up. And the kids start coming over, and I'm like, it's fine. I got this. I was a nanny for years. I can mm-hmm. handle this. So everybody shows up, and whoa, boy, you think you think if it's if it's boys, it's going to be wild. Yes. These gals were, they were a little wild. I'm are, not going to lie. They are, were they were loud, these, and they were wild. Are these classmates? Yes. And I kid you not, seven minutes into this shindig, a little girl who's in this adorable Valentine's Day dress with hearts on it, and she's wearing stockings, which are very slippery. And she's on our wood floor. And she barely moves. She's not doing anything dangerous. She's not running. I see her in the entryway. And she slips. Oh. And she face plants <gasps> so hard. And I just go, I know, in my brain, my parent brain is like, oh, no. This is, this just took a turn. <laughs> so I, I quickly get over to her, grab her, take her to the little powder room on our, on our, on that level. And I tell all the other little girls, run downstairs and play Barbies for a bit yeah. because I'm going to handle this. Keep busy. And um, bless her heart. Let's call her Amber. Bless her heart. I get her in the, the bathroom and I'm, I'm being very calm. I'm like, it's all good, girl. We're going to get this fixed up. Everything's cool. I don't know that everything's cool, but I'm saying everything's yeah. cool. Have you seen her face yet when this happens? No, she's got oh. her hands over her face. I'm about to pass out, by the way. And she opens her hands and sure enough, there's blood she's getting bled on i'm getting bled on and i'm like still again very calm i'm like everything's cool we're just gonna get this cleaned up and see how we do and i know that i have a medic upstairs in case i really need some like an assessment here but we don't know what's going on so i wipe her up let me let me tell you amber is a warrior she very quickly was like 
okay, 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 I'm fine. <laughs> and you're reassuring her, of course. I am. Yeah. I am. We, get, we, we wipe everything up. We get clean to the best of our ability. Both of us look like, you know. We were in a war zone, but we're we're getting cleaned up. She's she's all wiped off. She takes a, a little handful of Kleenex from me. She holds her nose like that, and she's like, I think I can go play now. And I was like, girl, you. I want you on my team. Just you so on my team. Was it just the nose? It was just a nose bleed. Like, yeah, she no, just no hit it. Teeth or anything, nope, she just but, hit it hard enough uh-huh, to make it bleed. That'll do it. And so at that point, I thought... Well, you know, I feel like we had our strike for the for this day, and we're probably going to be okay from here on out. Please. Although I did say at one point, because the girls wanted to play Red Rover outside in the side yard, I said, nope, I have already been bled on, and we will not be playing Red Rover. <laughs> and one little girl took exception to this and really wanted to play Red Rover, and she said, you can play with us. And I said, girl, you don't want me to play Red Rover with you. I come from the 80s, okay? <laughs> you played a win. Yeah, no, arms were broken in my day, all right? We're not... <laughs> We're not doing this at my house. But everything turned out great. Oh. While the while the incident was happening, Steve's upstairs again, laying in bed, and he's just hearing, there's blood all over the floor. And then another kid is then another kid is, I think that's her first nosebleed. I'm like, oh gosh. And he just said, he was upstairs like, that's her circus. I'm just gonna he did not co- have enough strength he's to like, come if, down to even no, he, check? No, he said, he's like, I'm, he's, he believes in me as an yeah. independent woman and mother. And he said he didn't want to bug me unless right. unless I needed his help. So, And I, I really didn't. It was fine. He and, wanted um, to let you shine. Again, Amber really pulled it together. And she made the party work for everyone else by not falling apart. And we were blessed that it was not worse than that. <laughs> you are blessed. I saw her go down and I was like, well, this was a good try, was everybody. That, was, that, was that on hardwood floor? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So she came out right, and her mom was super chill about it. Thank you. So you, you said to her, well? Well, I, did, I, I said, well, so. so Amber and I had a little incident. And then everybody, I just hoped that everyone assumed that whatever was on my sweatshirt was like chocolate or something. Because I thought, oh, naively, yeah. I was like, I'm going to go upstairs and change. I can't go upstairs and change. I have 12 children to ca- take care of. Now, you got to so. wear, wear, you know, wear it with pride. You did it. <laughs> yes. You survived. My, my battle scar. Anyway, so we made it through. It was a happy Valentine's Day. Everybody got their little their little Lovely. vases. Lovely. And everybody was happy. So anyway. By the way, I just want to let our listeners know again, you hear any gaseous noises. <laughs> it is they, not I. They really are the baby. The baby is here and being a little bit cranky he's, with well, me. He's staring at me. He looks like he's like mini Steve. Is he mad at you? Yeah, he looks. He looks he's mad. Judging he's judging you. Like, yeah, he is. He is judging you. He's like, I remember you from last Friday. You're All the right. drunk. Okay. So for the uh, the second most big event of the yes, week, the of Super Bowl, after my Valentine's Day party, and slightly less injurious, it turns out. <laughs> let's, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Oh, wait, before we get to that. And the ads, yeah. Before we get to that, I want to do a, a quick 2024 update. We have a new candidate in the race. Oh, yes. Drum roll, please. It is Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is in the race. She released a video today that's part biographical about her upbringing in South Carolina, a little bit about her gubernatorial term, and then a little bit about how she's going to face off with the bullies around the world. So I'll play a little bit about that. Some people look at America and see vulnerability. The socialist left sees an opportunity to rewrite history. China and Russia are on the march. They all think we can be bullied, kicked around. You should know this about me. I don't put up with bullies. And when you kick back, it hurts them more if you're wearing heels. I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president. Wow. Nikki Haley, Stand for America. Not going to lie, I enjoyed the video. That was a big production just there. (laughs) You know, on paper, she seems unstoppable. No, she's got, uh, she's this got is the her thing. She has domestic a- and foreign policy creds. Usually, yes. if you're very good at one, you need a running mate who's going to help you with the other. But she technically is proficient in both. Yes, she has I, I a rationale. She, but, she, I, to me, she has a yeah. rationale that's more clear than a lot of other people who are going to attempt this. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. Do I think, again, I am wary of so many people jumping in because we're going to end up with a split vote and yeah. then Trump. Prelim- but there are now two in the race. Preliminary polls indicate this. Yeah. 
But, you know, you don't want to extrapolate too much for me because we're still, you know, very, very early on in this race. Anything can happen. But they do show that once you start adding people like Nikki Haley into the mix, she will start taking votes, some from Trump, some from DeSantis, slightly more than from DeSantis at, at the moment. But again, you don't want to read too much into it. But the overall message is clear. You have more people in there. That always benefits Trump. I wondered in her line about standing up to bullies if that's who she's referring to. I mean, even though she worked for him, the question is, what is he going to do? You think he's going to say anything? Mm, I don't know. He's uh, what has he said about her in the past? Nothing super personally mean, but he's he's not pro yeah. anymore. Well, well, like 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 we said on the last show, I don't want to I hate to know what her nickname is going to be uh, considering Coco Chow. Yeah. Keep okay. keep an eye on Truth yeah. Social or don't. It'll just get filtered. Into It'll Twitter. Get. All right. <laughs> Back to the big game which I can call the Super Bowl. Are we going to get sued for that? I'm going to call it the Super Bowl. They have, a, tra- they have a trademark. They say, they say you, can't, you can't call it that. All right. So look, first off, let's talk about the actual game. The actual very, game. Very entertaining game. Yes. 38-35, a, a, a loss for the Eagles, a win for the Chiefs. I was rooting for the Eagles because I have a couple of very good friends who are very big Eagles fans. And there's two Georgia Bulldogs on that team who were very popular. So obviously I'm keeping an eye on them. But what did you think of the controversial defensive holding call at the end with what with 154 remaining with the game tied 35-35 with 154 remaining Chiefs faced a third and eight from the Philly 15 Kansas City quarterback Patrick Holmes lob Mahomes lobbed a pass to Smith Schuster that wasn't close. However, a flag flew in giving KC an automatic first down. I think Eagles fans, including my good friend George, who is originally from that area, you know, they're like. Great game until the bad ref call, which gave it to Kansas City, and that's how Kansas City won because of the refs. But the truth is, there were a lot of bad or questionable calls that the refs had against Kansas City during that same game. And if you're rooting for the other team, you're just going to overlook it and say, no, that, that makes sense. It's fine. It wasn't, you know, I feel like in the end it balanced out. I was just more surprised that Kansas City won because... I think the spread was, it was pretty close. It was about a one and a half point favorite for Philadelphia. So, I mean, that's basically even money bet. Right. I would have picked the Eagles because I imagined Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City quarterback, was not 100% healthy and all it takes is one bad sack. And that actually happened where he got pulled down from the high ankle. Right, right. And I thought, well, that's it. It's over. And we were at a friend's at the third quarter. We left to get home, but this is just going from McLean to Arlington. By the time I get home to Arlington, Kansas City racked up 11 points. Yep. Yep. So I was told There are a surprised. lot of high ankle truthers out there, by the way. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, sure, that guy's injured. Now, I'm not going to take a position on this. I'm just asking questions, Vic. I'm just asking questions. Well, so what did you think? So I thought, I thought technically, okay, this probably could be holding. Mm-hmm. I, there's a point where I think earlier in the play – you see maybe a jersey tug. I do hate that that decided so much of a very good game. Yeah. But you can never blame the refs for the whole, like for the 11 points they racked up, right? right? You can't right, right. blame You're the refs there for, for that. that. Right. So I think for my taste, a little ticky tacky for the end mm-hmm. of a big game like that, but not totally illegitimate. I love it, you know, because the commentators will usually say things like, you know, at this late stage, you just want to let the players play. You don't want to get, yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Maybe he, he, he kind of shivved them there. You yeah. know, I saw that he had a secret little, his, his little shiv and, and stabbed them in the back. But, you know, we shouldn't get involved. <laughs> Let the players play. Here's a, here's a little bit of that play. Worst case scenario, you'll see James Bradbury. They're going to say he grabs him. He's got his left hand on his back. I don't know. I'm- Regardless of what I think, Bradbury, who was called for it, James Bradbury, said it was holding. He said, following the loss, I tugged his jersey. I was hoping they would let it slide. So that seems to me like maybe the final word on whether that was totally legitimate. I think I just bonked my head, baby's head on my earphones. Oh, right. He's just so adorable, though. Look at him. Look at him. Those eyes. I'm sorry. Look at him. Those eyes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Whoa. Very manly. We got to adjust the audio on this. That maybe sound very high. Mary Catherine, did you did you get into the Super Bowl ads at all? The commercials, anything you like? So the or ads, hate? I was I had a, I had the baby with me at a Super Bowl party, and at a Super Bowl party, it's sort of hard to pay attention to everything. Yeah, same. so I missed some of same. some of that. Although I thought some of them were cute. I thought the I thought the Affleck one at Dunkin' Donuts was funny. 
but you know not, there wasn't it, that, a lot that was overly impressive. To no, me. I, I I agree. There was nothing that stood out like, wow, this is amazing. The Dunkin' Donuts ad is funny, but you know, particularly interesting is the last scene where J Lo shows up at the drive-thru. And it's clearly like they spliced that in. Like she was clearly at some. <laughs> they set couldn't just get her out of drive. She was like, yeah. "I'm not going through a Dunkin' yeah. drive-through." Oh yeah, in not even for Ben. Yeah, they brought they, as if they brought her to the drive-through in Medford, Massachusetts. No, they didn't do that. I I like. I don't even know what Rakuten is. Okay, I don't oh, know. Oh, that one was is, good. But Alicia Silverstone looking lovely. She looks, and I don't know if they did anything to her either. You I mean, know. she looks pretty generally lovely in, yes. in IRL. I mean, I, ha- I, well, I don't know her IRL, but I'm just saying in general, she's you know, she, so she's, you know, everyone's, you know, everyone, you know, you used to criticize her about the weight and everything. Everybody's fighting. Believe me, everybody's fighting with weight, you know, <laughs> and she is. But here's the thing. She's 46. She looks great. The weight does her good. Yeah. 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 Oh, this is our buckle fat this discussion. Is the thing. Yeah, absolutely. No, <laughs> she is now perfect. Yeah, there you go. She's now perfect. She uh, take her the entire packet. <laughs> You she? can't see me waving my arm, but I'm just saying. He just means a Rakuten co- coupon package. Just, that's what he's yeah, talking that's about. What I mean. that's both great. both actresses actually looked very good. Oh, yeah, that one too. Yeah. Yeah. Anything? Do you have anything else on ads? Oh, I'm, yes. I'm, okay, go ahead. The weirdest ad, which was, and it was very brief. It was a teaser for U2, my favorite band. Okay. Having they're going to have a residency in Las Vegas at the Venetians. It's like the MSG Sphere. Okay. It is a giant sphere. So the ad was this giant floating ball. Oh, in the sky, and everybody following it basically until it lands in Vegas. Did it just look like a yes. UFO again? Yes. Yeah, and like, it was just like the, read the room. That's how that's what everyone would say. Too late though, you know. They ran. You know, they, I'm sure they prepped, prepared this weird ad a long time ago, and it's very weird. I'd love to go see the show. This is what happens to all the great acts in their old age, like Elton John and the Red Piano, whatever. They all go to Vegas, Elvis. In residency. Brittany. Brittany. <laughs> at 35. Yeah, at residency <laughs> at 35. You two is like in the early 60s now. I'd see it, but again, it was a very Super weird, weird ad. ad. Super weird ad. All right, we got to talk about halftime. Oh, oh yes. Here's okay. Riri. Can I say your son looks mem- mesmerized by that video? <laughs> so Rihanna, yeah, is the act. I have thoughts about halftime shows in general. Mm-hmm. I think I think the halftime show is just something we're supposed to argue about. Like no one's really sure what they want out of it. The Do real we... the real olds will show you like they'll have a link because now they have access to the internet, uh-huh. and they will show they will find a YouTube ad uh, a YouTube video of Super Bowl one. And it's like the band playing, you know, the college band playing. Yeah. And that's when that's when halftime shows were good. Yeah. You know, but yes. so I, I will say. Look, Bruno Mars always has brass with him. He does. And I, I will say it's a mixed bag. Yeah. Every year it's a mixed bag. So well, did you like this? Well, I'm confused what people want. Do you want a giant spectacle? Do you want musicality? Do you want dancers? I don't. I don't know what people want. I think you have to have a certain amount of spectacle in order to rise above the din at everyone's Super Bowl party. People are drunk. People are eating. There's a lot of people around. There's a lot of kids running around at many of these parties. So I think you have to have a certain amount of, whoa, what's happening here in order to get everyone's attention. But I also, I enjoy when they just kind of sing their songs. Yes, good music. To me, that is good. Yeah. (laughs) And it seemed to me that, okay, first of all, the headline on Rihanna is that she was pregnant, which about three or four, like, looks into this show i was like that's not postpart no that- how old is her baby we're all doing the math and it turns out she's pregnant i will tell you that when i was visibly pregnant with a nine-month-old last summer i was not performing <laughs> in this capacity yeah. i was sitting by the side of the lake or a beach or in my house you were not suspended in the air no i was very sedentary many many <laughs> feet high that was scary yeah, no, it was a lot. I think the knock on Rihanna is that it wasn't enough spectacle. There were not costume changes. They there were weren't floating special in the guests. air. 
It was. It, it's terrifying, and they're dancing. And he, you know what else is interesting? It's it's an engineering feat because while they're dancing, it's not like the floor was swaying under them. Because you would right. think, you know, when you're suspended like this, every time you move, it's going to go in different directions. Terrifying. It was the steel cables. So the engineers were really the stars of this show. I think the engineers <laughs> and and the, and the wonders of science and physics. Okay. I appreciated a couple things. I appreciated. No one needs to be naked for a. Super Bowl halftime show? You're talking about Janet Jackson? I mean, just like oh, well, everyone well, they're ever. wearing winter parkas. Yeah, she looked lovely. Now, you might not have been as excited about I, that, the but The whole I... thing was bizarre. <laughs> winter park, I felt hot watching it. I thought it was interesting that she didn't do any costume changes. Mm-hmm. Also, I thought... It, I... Oh, you, oh, yeah, because sometimes they do, like, multiple, depending yeah. on... Because there's a bunch of songs, and then surprise cameos come in, and right. people show up, and it gets crazy. Also, if I were pregnant at that sort of level with, where it's a little unsure what's oh, no. going on, oh. I would have just let the whole belly hang out and been like, no, that's what's happening here, so don't have any questions about it. <laughs> Hell of a pregnancy announcement. That is. That is. Without saying just... You know, as we say in journalism, she didn't show. She told, you know. Okay. <laughs> well, I like that. I also like that she referred to the baby as her special guest. Oh. She uh, said she, they, she was yes. asked before the show, uh-huh. will there be a special guest? And she said, I'm thinking about bringing someone. Right. Everyone thought it was Jay-Z. Yeah. Um, was there. So, so there were no other artists. Her catalog is really good. I think it can carry a halftime show. But I, I do understand people's uh, take that it was a little low energy from her. I think that's why she had the dancers, because it was clear that she wasn't going to hit those dance moves the same way. Probably a good good idea. I would have, you might pee all over yourself. It's hard work. It's not a good idea. It's hard work to be these dancers, but I kind of found them annoying and get in in my way. And I just want to like to see Rihanna. She's great. I vaguely recognized one song. Really? Yeah, one. Oh, all of them are. that out of it. You know, know. a, a friend of mine was like, I don't think any of these songs will stand the test of time. And I looked it up. It was um, a long time ago. Umbrella is a song from 2007. Yeah. The equivalent is like Beatles songs from when I was think, a child, right? Think it's, about uh, that. I'm not saying Rihanna's the Beatles. I'm just saying that like mm-hmm. standing the test of time, this is almost a, was a 15-year-old yeah. song, 16-year-old song. It is. Think about like last year's Super Bowl, the halftime show, and it was like 90s. It was like 90s rap hip hop, right? right? And, and we all loved it. My in-laws... We're like, you know, all these, this kid's music is too crazy. And of course, <laughs> yeah. our kids are like old people. Old people music. music. What right. is this? So, and this is my question too. What makes a Super Bowl halftime performance a success? Because last year's was almost sort of universally loved. Yes. I loved it. Yeah, I thought I, it was fantastic. It, it was a spectacle for sure. There was a lot going on. A lot of the, the, the special guest was 50 Cent showed up, who we didn't know was going to show up. However, you know what it wasn't? It wasn't memed. There are no gifts. There are no super popular gifts from 2022's mm-hmm. Super Bowl performance. And that is for sure part of being a successful halftime show. Rihanna got gifts coming out the wazoo right now. Yeah. All over the place. Oh, yeah. It looked like she was in space. <laughs> so she was very memeable. Rihanna in space, yes. Okay. She was memeable. So I think that's part of the, the formula as well. So and on some measure, that, that's an excess in, success in and of itself. The weekend everyone hated, but he also was very memeable. I didn't hate the weekend. I didn't understand I why the weekend was so is mad. a band. No, it's a person. Yeah. How about Vampire you Weekend? You sound so old in this. Vamp- isn't Vampire Weekend? <laughs> That's a thing. That's too. a thing too. Right? Okay. <laughs> Come on, man. Do you have? Let me ask you this, and then we can move on. Do you have favorite Super Bowl snack slash food? In a perfect world, what do you want? I love a very elaborate dip. Yeah, just like, like crab artichoke. No, just like I just like sem- many layers. Uh-huh. There's one that a family friend of mine used to make that sounds insane, but it had chip beef and cream cheese in it, and it's like so perfectly disgusting. And you I'd put it on Ritz be, crackers. I would love to be a judge of dips. You know, <laughs> like that would be great. Yeah, you Jennifer's do. nodding. We need a we need a dip yeah. competition. And cream cheese is really the secret element to a lot of. Oh these. my gosh, I learned to make spinach artichoke dip one time. And let me tell you, the secret is not the spinach and the artichoke. It's the cream cheese. Oh, it's just every form of dairy you yeah. have in your yeah. fridge. Yeah. Put it in the mm-hmm. dip. Add a little bit of Shred artichoke it. and spinach, and then put it in the the instant pot for a while. I like I like I like a, You know what you don't see as much anymore? Maybe because I'm not in Jersey. Is like I, I like one of those twelve foot Italian subs. Oh, I'm yeah. happy with that. I love a nice. Italian I think sub that is a lot n- of nice dressing. Probably yeah. chips, queso, really great. I love that. If you have wings, it's great. And we had wings on Sunday night, and that was I was very happy. I love it. Okay. All right. 
So we had our parties. There we go. Most importantly, the Valentine's Day party and then the Super Bowl yes. party. All right. Let's talk about oversight. Oh, boy. I want to do this a little bit on the show here and there because mm-hmm. these things are not always closely covered by our friends yeah. in other media. So last week, you may have seen here and there that Rochelle Walensky testified before a committee. The CDC chief's quest for new powers. So this is Bloomberg reporting. Health agency heads testified for the first time in nearly two years before the House panel about their response to the pandemic. Wednesday's hearing was the first time the Biden administration's health officials testified with Republicans at the helm. Along with Walensky was Robert M. Califf, commissioner of the Food and Drug Administration, and Lawrence A. Tabak, Tabak, acting director of the National Institutes of Health. They also testified. Okay, first point, two years since Walensky has had to answer questions? Yeah. I think the operative words in what you just read were, quote, with Republicans at the helm. None of this would be happening. I just think, like, nobody wants to check in. No one wants to check in with her. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty, Mary Catherine. So there's no use. There's no use looking back. I think that's the... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So first up, from the grilling that she got, and honestly, it's not that much of a grilling because half of the people mm-hmm. are Democrats. And they're like, why are you so wonderful? So <laughs> tell us more about all the money that you need and more yeah. power. Mm-hmm. Now, Walensky is somewhat to her credit trying to do a reorganization and answer some of the criticisms mm-hmm. of the CDC during this past couple of years. I would argue maybe someone else should handle that. At this She's point. been at the helm the entire time. But she's essentially asking for more money and more categorizations of employment at CDC, where she wants to give be able to give people a lot of overtime pay and danger pay. And added to that mix also, interestingly, is the ability to forgive student loans for the employees. I think that one's interesting. So uh. she's, But she's asked... Not about those things by a Republican. She's asked by Palmer of Alabama about masking. Remember, we had the Cochrane Review. And in the Cochrane Review, which is 78 studies, several of them are COVID random control trials, but not many because not many were run. So he's going to ask about that. The problem with this is that I had uh, doctors who spent years in medicine uh, telling me that, that the masks were not effective. Um, and yet... These were being forced on people. They're forced on school kids. And, uh, you know, when you combine, particularly young kids, uh, we're seeing the devastating impact that it had on their educational attainment. And it, it, it kind of surprises me that the NIH, CDC, didn't do any follow-up testing, or even while this was going on, to determine the effectiveness of this and the impact it was going to have on kids. Yeah, I appreciate, you know, um, in order to do a randomized clinical trial, you need to actually have equipoise in the question. And ultimately, what would happen? What happened is that there were so many studies that demonstrated time and time again in the height of COVID transmission that masks were working to prevent transmission. That I'm not sure anybody would have proposed a clinical trial because, in fact, there wasn't equipoise to the question anymore. My, my, my! The circular reasoning on this one. Yeah. Okay. Now, equipoise was a new word. To me, in this context, I didn't understand exactly what it went, meant, and we'll play a little bit of Vinay Prasad yeah, explaining that. that. Rochelle is saying that the studies on masking are so good, and by that I think she means those absolute garbage studies they're publishing in MMWR, that we don't have equipoise we don't know. Here's why that's a lie. It's a lie because everyone disagrees with her in the profession, in the field. However, what her answer means is we were already sure that masks worked, From observational nonsense we saw. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we decided not to study it. Because why would you study something that you're already sure of? Because science. Is that how science works? And and except that there were studies prior to 2020 that showed the inefficacy of these masks. And we're three years into the question of whether masks should be mandated by the federal and state and local governments. Because they're still fighting for it. This is a question of interest. They're still fighting for it, and they want to go to court about this. Still, if I'm not mistaken, the administration wants to go to court about reinstating masks on airplanes, if I'm right. And yet they're not doing any testing, or they're not even bothering with any sort of random clinical trials. I do think we're turning a bit of a corner on masks, because in New York State this week, they got rid of the mandate for healthcare yes. facilities, and it will be decided by individual facility. Now, it's New York, so that means that all of them are just going to do it anyway, but it's nice that it's that it's not mandatory, and a bunch of people quoted in the story about this are actually saying it would be nice if it weren't mandatory. 
So people are actually feeling like they can say that, even in New York, which is nice. Right. I mean, between that and, of course, concerns about military and the requirements as well, right, and the push to remove that, that hasn't actually happened yet, though, has it? It's still right here. Yeah, yeah. But, and the thing is, but all, all the people who lost their jobs or all the people who are no longer serving in our armed forces, what happens to them? I would like them back. Yeah. Across the board. I feel like we should have City them workers back. or in the military, I, I absolutely agree. But I think you're right because it's the same thing with I don't feel like there's a move to reinstate them in schools, even though a lot of school districts were like, we reserve the right, right. follow CDC guidance, and that CDC guidance is still very much there with masks. Slate also wrote vaccines. about it this week, covering the Cochrane review, and didn't come down sort of solidly on the side of no mask, which is where I think the preponderance of evidence is that, right. like these aren't helping that much and certainly shouldn't be mandated. But they note, as the saying goes, absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. The review doesn't show that masks definitely do not reduce the spread of COVID, only that studies to date have not proven that they do. Our, our, go, yeah. our go-to, Vinay Prasad, also said, well, we also don't have studies showing that dancing in the rain naked is effective against COVID, but we don't mandate that people do it. Yeah. So maybe we should follow that standard. This writer for Slate also notes, before COVID, experts generally agreed that masking the entire population to prevent respiratory disease is unwarranted. Interesting. I Honestly, I think the reason there aren't randomized control trials is because they know what they're going to show. And it's not going to be that they're super effective. Oh, that's a deep conspiracy. It's not even because it's, they're, uh-uh. they are motivated to want yeah. to push masking. Yeah. And if you're motivated to want to push masking, you want mm-hmm. not so much evidence. And also you, you had vaccines. There's a whole thing on with the, uh, congr- the committee. We're asking yeah. a so ton of questions. So she's in her uh, first question that she got from a Democrat. She was asked about vaccines and yeah. importantly, misinformation. OK, but here's what she has to say about misinformation and the, the, the bad effects thereof. I do want to highlight the real importance of mis- and disinformation and how it has um, uh, undermined our vaccine efforts. It is the case that um, we anticipate vaccine rates have gone. Well, we've seen vaccine rates of incoming children into kindergarten have gone down from 94 percent to 93 percent just in this last year. That's a quarter of a million children not coming to kindergarten with being up to date in their vaccines. We are doing a lot of work at CDC, but as this is not something that CDC can do alone. It's going to take all of our agencies. It's going to take all of the government and every single one of us has a role in mis- and dif- disinformation. Mm. It's the mis- and disinformation that has caused a fall in vaccine rates for incoming kindergartners. Well, some other things that caused a fall in incoming rates for kindergartners. One, they're just like nobody goes to school anymore because we stopped doing that for a while. And that was that was one of the things that led people to do the entire vaccine schedule, not just personal safety. But this is right. This is how this is sort of the gatekeeping to get into kindergarten. Of course, they put all of this at the foot of misinformation and disinformation from other people. Yeah. Not not their side. Not them at it's all. Only, There's it's a, only coming from one side. Absolutely no reflection about this. And there is tons of mis- and disinformation on vaccines out there, right? But the CDC itself, particularly on the COVID vaccine, and if we're talking about masks, things like masks, continues to push things that just aren't true. It's funny you say self-reflection. I actually had it written in my notes here. They're not going to look in the mirror. I can promise you that. No. And so here's a, here's another thing that might have caused people mm-hmm. to lose some faith, which is that the vaccine approval board put COVID-19 in the pediatric schedule. That's now, right. she answers part of why that happened. But the fact that that happened and it's I'm sorry, the COVID vaccine is different than measles, mumps, rubella. It is a different yeah risk profile. It is a different kind of vaccine. And yet it is on the same schedule. Here's her answer to Dan Crenshaw of Texas talking about that. I mean, how do you view the cost benefit of scheduling brand new bivalent booster shots for this age group? Considering the children are at very low risk from COVID-19, 75% of children have already caught the virus and the the vaccine is known to do pretty little to, to prevent transmission in this age group. I'm really grateful that you asked that question so I can correct the record here so that everybody understands. First of all, we've had 2,000 pediatric deaths from COVID-19. It's the number one respiratory and infectious killer um, that was just published last week in JAMA. So that is misinformation. Mm -hmm. That's not true. 
That is from the CDC's own COVID tracker, Ooh. which has been corrected online by many, many, many data keepers who are s apparently smarter than Walensky and the crew over there. And they have pointed out over and over again that this particular metric overcounts pediatric deaths even over the normal overcounting that we do. And they can't figure out what the glitch is. But the CDC has never corrected it. And now she's repeating no, it. She just rattles it off. Misinformation. I'm less, in fact, less uh, deadly than an, in, to an 80-year-old, but still deadly for a pediatric infection. The important thing I think that's really, uh, that we need to recognize is the reason that ACIP recommended and CDC put forward getting the COVID-19 vaccine on the pediatric schedule is not, it was only because it would, it was the only way it could be covered in our Vaccines for Children's program. It was the only way that our under, uninsured children would be able to have access to the vaccines. That was the reason to put it on the schedule. It can't be eligible for Vaccines for Children's program for to be available to the uninsured unless it is on that schedule. That was the reason to put it there. Thank you for allowing me to correct okay. that. Maybe you should find a different way to do that. I wish one of the things you should ask for in this hearing and in your yeah. uh, your desires to reorg is that not everything has to go on the schedule officially right. in order to be funded for those who don't have right. insurance. But again, just repeating this 2000 number, which isn't true, is misinformation. And she's proudly trumpeting it. That's what I was going to say. I wish that Crenshaw or somebody on the committee called her out on that. Because even if you calculate that number, let's assume, let's give her the benefit of the doubt, even though it's, let's say it was 2,000 kids, which is horrible. Nobody should have to die from this, any kid. We are assuming the ones who did were very sick. They're immunocompromised. They need a vaccine. Fine. I get it. But. You know, there are about 74 million kids out there in this country, right, between the ages of zero and 17, which if you take 2,000 kids at 0.003% of the population, and yet you're pushing for something that you want every child to get, even though it hasn't been fully tested. Again, if you are in this group that's very vulnerable, okay, fine, get it. But to really want to push this major campaign that every kid should get it, even though it hasn't been fully tested the way other vaccines have, because there's not enough kids who are sick with it to test it like this, and with all the concerns of side effects from myocarditis, and we don't even know what the long-term effects are. It's just, you have to look at yourselves for lack of trust to some extent, mm -hmm. and they just absolutely refuse to right. do that. Misinformation is just whomever they disagree with. It's probably, I mean, probably Vinay Prasad at this point. She's like, no, 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 he's misinformation. Yeah. You wave <laughs> him off like that. And- this is part of a seemingly concerted effort to make parents believe, and lawmakers, that this is far more dangerous to kids than it actually is. And that has led to a lot of harms. There's new information just this week about the harms to teen girls in particular and the mental health crisis among teens yeah. because we kept them out of school and let them run rampant on the Internet yeah. for several years and not having real life interactions. and what. What this ramping up of the risk and pretending it was more risky than it was has led to like really, really bad outcomes and some cases treating children really horribly. And Justin Spiro, who is a he tweets about public health and has been on the side of like less masking for children and making sure that children have a normal childhood. He notes that the federal government's Head Start website last updated two days ago recommends a video from, looks like it's a Sesame Street production, for training preschoolers with autism to wear masks in 2023. And this is Muppets interacting, but a Dr. Muppet interacting with a very partially verbal autistic child about how to properly wear a mask. Now, these children... Skill acquisition is extremely hard. You have to invest a lot of time and energy into it. Any kid who has any sort of yep. learning disability or autism or anything like this. Yep. And this is what the government would like you to spend time on. And this is what with they're spending children, time. They're spending time on this. With these children who have, there's only so much time in a day. And you have just taken away time from learning something that might actually be a skill worth acquiring. Mm -hmm. And instead you're like, oh, let's paint a bunny on your mask. Your cloth ask that we know is doing you no good. Why are we doing Why this? Why are we doing this? 
why are we doing this? No, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. You know, my niece, you know, she's special needs and it's impossible. It takes forever to get a mask on her at the time when you needed it to get seated at your table at the restaurant. And then it's 10 feet away. Okay, you can take it off now. And you spend 15 minutes trying to put it on. It's just... What is happening here? It's wrong to do it, it to these kids. It's wrong to do it to these kids. By the way, the mayor of Philly, before he, I'm sure, went to the Super Bowl, he probably went to the Super Bowl, right? The mayor of Philly was visiting children at a preschool in Philadelphia right before everyone in Philly was going to be laughing it up at the Arizona location of the Super Bowl and much higher risk adults mingling with everybody and getting drunk. He was at a preschool and they were all masked. And he and he put this all over his social media with no shame about the fact that three-year-olds have to wear masks around this much higher risk adult. He pulled a Stacey Abrams. Yep. So yep. Are, they, are the kids masked to protect them from him? Or are they masked to protect him from them? The kids are masked because people are stupid and can't find their way out of this out of this bad cycle. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing if you're an adult and you want to wear a mask, and particularly if you're high risk. Now, I, do I think that's doing you a ton of good? No, but like children do not need to be masked. And I guarantee you an adult surgical mask hanging off the face of my nine-year-old at the pediatrician's office is not helping us. It is not helping us. I got, I got to put it on my calendar reminder to start bugging my pediatrician's office about. Have you guys seen the Cochrane study? Here, let me send it to you. Because I have. Good luck. Gonna, it's going to be like in Seinfeld where the doctor writes on the clipboard oh, yeah, for yeah. Elaine. They're going to no, be writing notes sure. about you if you say for that. For sure. I have a, uh, I have a 15 month old who, by the time she's two, they're going to try to make me do this to her, and I'm not going to do it. And then we're going to get kicked out. <laughs> be like, I'm following the vaccine schedule, except for that COVID one. Like, just let us stay. They're like, no, ma'am. That's the thing, by your, the way. By, your, your mask dereliction of duty means by, you cannot stay here. When they add these boosters to the to the schedule and saying this is, you know, the list of vaccines you should get along with smallpox and measles, it's just a recommendation, they say. You know, we're not saying that everyone's going to do it, but a lot of school districts want to. Well, in the, And in, so they're going to defer to our health experts and say because of this, in order to go to school, well, play on a sport, pediatrician's offices, which I understand oh, the, the battle that they're in yeah. here. Pediatricians offices will say you cannot be treated here if you're not following the schedule, mm -hmm. which makes sense for measles. I was sure. one of my kids was exposed to measles at oh, the pediatrician's office because yeah. someone hadn't been. Right? right. So I understand the battle that these guys are in. But again, if we can't have a discussion about how covid is different than measles, then we're in trouble. And like no one is having that conversation. <laughs> so anyway, there will be more oversight. I'm glad they get asked some questions every once in a while. I would really like to know why this video still exists on Head Start's website. I'd really like to know why two-year-olds became the thing at all. And so we'll hopefully we'll find more answers. Because they're not old enough to get the vaccine. Now, do you know what my theory is on the two-year-old limit? It's that someone at CDC, and this is during the Trump administration, originally said, hey, hey, hey. What if some, somebody tries to put a, a mask on a baby and then they suffocate and then we're in trouble for that? And somebody was like, well, what's the age that like over that age, it wouldn't be so, you know, so dangerous. And someone was like, two, I'm mean, two's OK. So like, let's just say like over two, you and can that, have. And, that became... and then that became the mandate. They were like, it was an attempt to keep people from suffocating newborns with masks. And then it just flipped to like, if you're two, you must wear a mask. That's my theory on that, because government is dumb. Anyway. These things will come to light over time. More, more things that might come to light. Oh, boy. We got balloons and UFOs we all do. over the place. Vic, what is happening? Here's the New York Times writing about it. Awfully, awfully wide-eyed coverage. Yes. If the truth is out there, it certainly is not apparent yet. Pentagon and intelligence officials are trying to make sense of three unidentified flying objects over Alaska, Canada, and Michigan that U.S. fighter jets shot down with missiles on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The latest turn in the aerial show taking place in the skies above North America comes after a helter-skelter weekend involving when it, what at times seemed like an invasion of unidentified flying objects. It's a very light tone for what was happening here. The latest object had been first spotted in Saturday, on Saturday over Montana, initially sparking debate over whether it even existed. On Saturday, military officials detected a radar blip over Montana, which then disappeared, leading them to conclude it was an anomaly. Then a blip appeared Sunday over Montana, then Wisconsin and Michigan. One military, once military officials obtained visual confirmation, they ordered an F-16 to shoot it down over Lake Huron. On several occasions over the weekend, airspace was closed 
over several states. Yeah. What is happening? I like the use of Helter Skelter. It's not often that we get to get to the bottom. Doesn't the you tone, go back. Yes, you get the to the bottom, seem, you go back to the top. Doesn't the tone seem a little light for like when we we just found out that a spy aircraft, we just found spy out craft that was over we, our... We're at the very beginning of alien invasion. Okay. So uh, I've said this before, my theory about these now what we call UAPs, right? Okay. Unidentified aerial phenomena. I'd like to stick with UFO. It just has a, a nice ring a, to of it. Of course. The videos that the F-18 cameras, they were finally released to the public where you saw these UFOs and they don't know what they are and they're highly maneuverable. They're going really fast, but they look actually quite smaller than the fighter jets. What were they? Oh my gosh, are these aliens? They don't know how to explain it. These were all sort of pseudo hypersonic, you know, surveillance, you know, devices, probably from the Chinese. I'm not going to, I can't imagine it's the Russians. I think it's the Chinese because the UFOs are only interested in the military bases of, of planet Earth, of the United States, which is flattering. And so that's the first thing. And the second thing is, you know, we're up to four. Has this been going on for a long time? And right. just because. We are now beginning to notice it. The government's like, well, I guess we got to start taking them down. Or have the Chinese decided to up their game? Yeah, I wonder if this is like a, yeah, like a diagnosis. Diagnoses are up, right? Yeah. Because now we know a little bit more about how to track and spot these things. And so that's why we're shooting them down. I also, as, a, as an argument against extraterrestrial action here, mm -hmm. there is the theory that, hey, if you have the technology to come to Earth, you maybe can evade f-16s so that's the, i think that's yeah. a pretty good argument if you could travel light years yeah to arrive unless it's you know it was but, one of the weirdest things by the way for example you ever you ever notice that any of the star wars movies any of the star wars movies okay from episode one to the present in the miniseries you notice they can travel from planet to planet galaxy to galaxy but they look poor as dirt yeah and maybe this is something <laughs> similar but that's like, you know, when rich people get really rich and they turn to looking like the Olsen twins. Oh, they could just wear gowns. You know, late things. Olsen twins yeah. is very they derelict. They are so poor. They are so poor, yet they could travel across the universe. I'm not convinced everything we're shooting down is Chinese. Yeah. Maybe two or three out of the four. The one out of on Lake Huron is very interesting because it was not 60,000, but they got it down about twenty to 40,000 feet. And the pilot described it as basically a balloon with these arrays hanging down. That could be a weather thing. It sounds like you think the Chinese would have done a better job than that. Yeah. Well, the one in Alaska, didn't they say it was the size of a car? Yeah. Well, that's and more like, interesting. And like a weird, a different yeah. shape. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I wonder if it like, did it self-destruct like an Empire Strikes Back with the Imperial drone? No, no. But you know who does have the answers? Karine Jean-Pierre. Oh, boy. She has the answers. Here, here she is speaking to Jonathan Capehart of the, of the Washington Post on MSNBC. Why is, why is the American military shooting something out of the sky over Canada? Because it's part of a NORAD. There is a, the NORAD is part of like a, it, part of a, it's a, it's a, what you call a coalition, a consortium, a, 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 so, a pact, okay. exactly. And so that's why we were able to do that. Again, it, we didn't do it on our own. We did right. it in, in, uh, in uh, it clearly in, 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 in step with uh, right. Canada. That clip is not doctored. Canadia. Well, I mean, by real. then, I think by the time she got through trying to explain what NORAD is, the game was over. Woo! Yeah. She also has a shout out for a, a very timely reference for the Alien movie of... Alien. 1983? 1983. Whatever. Um, I, I, I'm not... Would you tell us? I, I'm just, you know, I loved E.T., the movie, but I'm, I'm just going to leave it there. What is happening? None of this inspires confidence, by the way. Oh, no. Where, like, where is Biden? <laughs> no, man. Shouldn't he be speaking thought, about this by now? Well, if it were not Fox running the Super Bowl this year or having rights to the Super Bowl this year, we would have gotten an interview with him, but he wouldn't do it with Fox. So that yeah. tradition goes by the way that although honestly excuse. i don't i don't want my politics in my super bowl no. anyway so it's uh, fine with me but but we could have had a chance to ask him a few critical questions but we didn't we didn't get that chance who's going to ask him the questions terry bradshaw i mean i like terry but no, they have a they oh, have, they have an anchor a, oh, 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 from the network oh oh, oh right? okay okay you got right. it you right. got no, it no but you know i mean seriously saying. though where is biden in this because you know everyone else who's speaking sort of unofficially on his behalf it's not great Karine jean-pierre we no, just heard like, 
Chuck Schumer. And I guess on the I guess weekend. I guess Biden partisans will tell you like this is NBD, but airspace was closed over several areas of the yeah. United States of America. Fighter jets are being scrambled. Mm-hmm. We don't we're not being told what these things are. And we know that one was from another country yeah, spying on us. So know. it seems like someone should show up and tell us as much as they can about what's yeah. going on. I hope it's just because Biden is sort of, you know, equiv- equivocating and slightly clueless, not sure what to say. And and it's not that because the news is so big. He is not ready to tell us. Well, that, that lends itself to the UFO theory. I, I saw a deep impact. When Morgan Freeman gets up there, it's over. But I love that America is like, wow, three three objects have been shot down. The aliens are probably here. Let's watch the Super Bowl. That's right. I think that if the aliens came, they would be wise to plan it during the Super Bowl. Because I definitely was just going to go to my party and leave my children with a sitter and hope for the best. You know? The, the, other, the other interesting thing is people are like, why why the devices that 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 have been coming over this country why why is it let's just say it is the chinese for all of them or some of them certainly why them and not other kind of devices i think in their case probably the balloon it's the best that they can do they found out i believe they're, they they've confirmed the military our military has confirmed that it does it did have a hovering capability so it can hover over the nuclear sites this was a problem quick tangent between the SR-71 and the U-2 for the mm-hmm. U.S. reconnaissance flight. The SR-71 is amazing. It can go way up, I don't know, 90,000 feet in the air, and you can fly in a very short matter of time across, you know, from coast to coast. The problem with the SR-71, as an intel person told me, it flies too fast. So you could get some interesting picks, but it's going fast, okay? That's a very American move. It's a very American move. So the U-2- It doesn't get the job done, but it gets it fast. fast right. The U-2, which is a much older- Thank you. You do is much older plane from like the 1960s and slower. Gotcha. But because of that, it could hover around, take pictures. We're so we're trying to figure out what's going on here. Something similar. Those balloons. Why the balloons? Because they could hover. Another place where we're trying to figure out what's going on is East Palestine, Ohio. Oh, right. Yeah. Where there was a train derailment more than 10 days ago at this point. I'll give you some of the local reporting from Pittsburgh because there's not a lot of national reporting on this. It's hard to make, make out exactly what's going on here. But from Pittsburgh CBS affiliate, just over a week ago, a massive train derailment and chemical fire broke out in East Palestine, Ohio. While no one was injured, many are left with fear and concerns. As families return to their home, many questions still remain as to how this could have happened and where the community goes from here. There's been a controlled burn from this, but there's a lot of chemicals in that controlled burn. The, oh my God. the pictures are horrifying yeah. of this cloud. And then knowing it's that, horrendous. knowing that, of course, it has all these dangerous chemicals in it. Exactly how much danger are people in? It seems like a pretty major news story, but it hasn't been treated like a pretty major news story. And once again, Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg, who has never found a switch he can't fall asleep at, he is finally saying something today, eleven days after this happened. And he's like, "We continue to be concerned," and everybody goes, "Continue to be." Like you said, zero things about it. Thus far. Prior to this, when this was all happening, Pete Buttigieg spent time instead talking about his concern about new construction projects. Reflecting in, the community. Reflecting the community. Yeah. So like they're, you know, white construction workers. Shouldn't they be more reflective of the community? You know, they're going to build a rail station by a convent and they need to get more nuns more t- out there with the machines to start, t- you know. That is true. I Thank bet you. they'd be good. No, uh, uh, no go so, ahead. But I just to be clear, it's a 50-car train carrying vinyl chloride derailed and then caused a chemical fire. And then some of it is the attempt to burn it yeah. safely, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, it is Talking about animals, fish yeah, showing up dead or dying. And again, all this is being downplayed. They've confirmed one of the... Ga- yeah, go ahead. This is another reason it's weird that it's being downplayed because the video is spectacular. And normally yeah. TV news is like, we got to have everyone out there. Chemical mushroom this cloud. This huge cloud is devastating looking it's on the backdrop of this rural area and small towns and the news is news is not great for the people who live no. there but yeah pete did show up and said or showed up in the timelines and tweeted something today finally one of the gases that uh, is being released into the air is phosgene 
Mm-hmm. And that was the same gas that was in the Union Carbide disaster in Bhopal, India, back in the 1980s, oh, really? which killed a lot of people. Yikes. So I don't think that's a guy. As soon as I saw some phosgene, I said, what do I know that from? And it was from that. Yikes. Because there was a, in my town, Tom's River, you could read the book by Dan Fagan, Sibagaiki was a chemical plant and they had contaminated the soil. And a lot of people got uh, died from right. there. From ca- It's a cancer cluster. Right. And people are talking about that with East Palestine now. 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, mm-hmm. we don't know. But Joy Reid, I don't know if you saw this, Mary Catherine, Joy Reid said, this is Trump's fault. Interesting. Because you're allowing more chemicals on the railroads. Okay. And- well, the, the NTSB and the EPA are obviously looking into this. We will keep you updated to the yeah. best of our ability. But yes, it seems, it seems scary. Okay. It seems scary. Oh, this is such a sad thing to end with. I know. Sorry. Sadly, that wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I am at MK Hammer, at MK Hammer Time on Instagram, where you can see and hear this little terrorist that you can also hear all over this podcast because he would not behave himself. Thank you for- Blame me. Thank you for being with us. Stay safe at all your parties. Don't face plant. Get hammered responsibly. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>